My name's John Redmond, and I'm the associate pastor at First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. And I want to thank you for joining us today on Peace by Believing as we continue our study of the most beautiful prayer that has ever been recorded. And that, of course, is the Lord's Prayer. Now, the Lord's Prayer is a prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Jesus never prayed this prayer himself because, the, in fact, the portion that we're going to be studying today is the reason I know Jesus never prayed it because in this part of the prayer, Jesus taught us to ask God to forgive us of our sins. Well, Jesus never had any sins to confess. He never had any sins that needed to be forgiven. And so this is not a prayer that Jesus prayed. It's a prayer that he gave his disciples to pray, and certainly that now applies to us. We're the followers, we're the disciples of Christ, and we're supposed to pray this prayer too. Now, today we come to the 12th verse of Matthew chapter 6, where we read the Lord's Prayer, and we read this particular portion that we're studying today, where Jesus taught us to pray this way and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, that's an interesting prayer. One of my uh, mentors really in the ministry and one of my favorite authors to read is a man named R.T. Kendall. And Dr. Kendall says that this part of the prayer makes liars of us all. Because after all, who wants God to forgive us of our sins in the same way that we forgive other people when they sin against us? Many times when somebody sins against us, we are reluctant to forgive. Well, we don't want God to be reluctant when in forgiving us. Sometimes when... Uh, somebody sins against us and they ask us to forgive them, maybe we conditionally forgive them and we, you know, we, we forgive them based on their doing better in the future. Sometimes we forgive for a little while and then we uh, dig up whatever sin that we allegedly had forgiven. And so Dr. Kendall's point is, if we just pray this part, part of the prayer flippantly, we're not even being honest with God because when we pray, God, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us, what we're really saying is, God, I'm asking you to deal with me as I have dealt with others who have sinned against me. I'm asking you, God, to deal with my sins in the same way that I deal with people when they sin against me. And so if we do pray this flippantly and we don't really think about it, we're not even being honest before the Lord. And yet, this is something Jesus told us to pray. We should pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. There should be the same type of forgiveness that that we extend to others that we have first received from God. And so if you think about it, our forgiveness of others should be a reflection. It should be an extension. It should be like a mirror of the forgiveness that we have so freely received from God. Now, in order for that to happen, as you think about people in your life who have hurt you, who have talked behind your back, who have, you know, done something to try to, to hurt you or to hurt someone close to you. And sometimes you have a hard time forgiving that person and you hold a grudge. And uh, sometimes you just rehearse that offense over and over and over again in your mind. And yet in this part of the prayer, we learn we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to forgive that person. We're supposed to forgive those people just like God has forgiven us. Now, it seems to me that maybe the best way to approach this 
request in the Lord's Prayer is to think just for a moment about how God forgives us of our sins. In other words, when we sin against God in any way, thought, word, or deed, and we confess that sin to God, we ask God to forgive us of our sin. How does God do it? I want to give you five adverbs today that answer that question, how? How does God forgive our sins? And as I walk through this list of adverbs, I want you to think not only about the forgiveness God has given to you and that God offers you, but also uh, those people in your life whom you need to forgive. And I want you to think about how you could apply uh, these adver- adverbs uh, to their life and to that situation as well. First of all, God forgives our sins immediately. That's our first word, immediately. When you go to God asking for forgiveness, he wipes that sin away. He washes that sin away with the blood of Christ immediately. Do you remember when Jesus was dying on the cross and the scripture says that he was dying between two thieves? All three of those men were dying together. And one of the thieves, right before he died, turned to Jesus and he prayed a prayer. And he said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That was just his way of asking for forgiveness. Even though he didn't even use the words, forgive me, that's what was in his heart. That's what he was saying. He was asking for forgiveness and salvation. Jesus turned to that dying thief, and Jesus said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. In other words, what Jesus was saying is, your sins are forgiven. Your soul is saved. As soon as your body dies, you will go to heaven, and you will be with God forever and forever. And so Jesus forgave that man of his sins immediately. And that's how God wants you to forgive people when they sin against you, immediately. You don't wait. And In fact, if you think about it, when someone else sins against you, you and I should forgive that person even before they ask us to forgive them. Now, Obviously, if the relationship has been broken, some offense has happened, and you know the, there's a problem now in the relationship, the only way that relationship could ever be restored would be for that person to repent of the sin that they have committed, and then for you to forgive them of that sin, and then for, in the process of time, trust to be rebuilt, and then the relationship could be perhaps stronger than ever. But the point I'm wanting to make right now is when it comes to our forgiving other people, we don't have to wait for them to ask us to forgive them before we forgive them. You can forgive somebody whether they ever ask you to or not. In fact, if you say the only time I'm going to forgive them is if they ask me to forgive them, uh, you may never forgive them because they may never ask. And so in that scenario, you would actually be giving them the keys to your soul, and you would basically be saying, I'm going to hold on to this unforgiveness until you ask for forgiveness, and if you never do, I'll take this unforgiving spirit to the grave with me. And that's not a good way to live. And so I would encourage you, if somebody has sinned against you, whether they ask for forgiveness or not, remember this, forgiveness, first and foremost, is not between you and that other person. Forgiveness, first and foremost, is between you and God. And so I would encourage you to just say to God, Lord, you know what this person has done against me. You know how they have hurt me. And God, right now, as an act of the will, I choose to immediately forgive them. And that word forgive, by the way, it just means 
to let it go, to send the offense away. That's, it, it literally means a, to release, to let something go free. It's the picture of a bird that is trapped in a cage, and then somebody goes over and opens the door, and that bird flies out. That's the, the Greek word of theomy means to release or to let go or to send away. And so when we forgive somebody who has hurt us, what do we do? We're opening the, the uh, door of that cage, and we're letting them go free. And many times what we discover is we're the one who is set free when we forgive. And so if somebody has hurt you, what I would encourage you to do before this day is over is to, in prayer before God, just to say to God, God, I release them for whatever it is they have done. I choose not to hold a grudge. I choose not to hold it against them. I choose to let it go. I ask you to forgive them as I choose to forgive them myself. I freely forgive them. I release them into your hands, and I ask you to be gracious and merciful to them, just like I ask you to be gracious and merciful to me. And so that's our first word, immediately. The second word that describes how God forgives us and how we should forgive others is the word completely. Completely. Now, there are several verses in the Bible that give us a picture of the completeness of God's forgiveness, but I want to choose one today in the Old Testament. In Isaiah chapter 43 and in verse number 25, Isaiah 43, 25, God said, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And so God's forgiveness is described as blotting out the offense. It's interesting in Bible times when a person would go to, we would say to the store, to the market, to buy something. Many times uh, the person, of course, would have cash and they would just pay by cash. But in Bible times, there were no checks or credit cards. And so sometimes a person didn't have the cash uh, on hand to, to pay for the purchase, but he knew the owner of the store. And so he would buy the he would really buy the whatever the grain or the food or whatever on credit. And what would happen is the owner of that store had a ledger, had a little book, and he would open it up, and in that book, he would write out the person's name, and he would write out how much he owed. Um, and so uh, it's interesting. Many times back in Bible times, when that person did that, it was not done with ink on paper like what we would do it today but it was written on a wax tablet. And the owner of the store would take like a, some kind of a pen and he would write down in the wax the person's name and then to the right side of that, he would write, he would put that pen in the wax and he would write how much the, how much the person owed. And so it was, in, it was really engraved in that wax. Well, a few days later when the uh, person came back to pay off his debt, he would give the money to the owner, and the owner would take that same ledger. He would open it up, find that place on that wax piece of paper, and he would get that same pen, and he would start smoothing over the name, and he would start smoothing over. It's kind of like putty, kind of like uh, smoothing over the dollar amount or the shekel amount that the person owed and just blot it out. And so that it was said, once you have paid your bill, that the debt is blotted out. It's blotted out. This special instrument, this special pen has blotted out the, uh, the amount from the, uh, from the wax or from the putty there. Well, that's the word God uses to describe how he forgives our sins. I, even I, God said, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own 
sake. And so when you go to God confessing a sin, he just blots it out. And when he gets finished blotting it out, he looks down at his book. He can't even see that there was ever a debt because it's been blotted. It's not like it's not like God drew a line through it and said, okay, it's gone, but I can always look at it as a reminder. No, God has blotted it out of his book. And that's how he wants us to forgive other people completely. We don't just draw a line through the offense and say, okay, I've forgiven you, but I can always go back to the book and I can always look at what I have forgiven you of. No, that wouldn't be complete forgiveness. And so God wants us to blot out other people's transgressions just like he's blotted ours out. And then the third word that describes how God forgives our sins is the word permanently. God blots out our sins. He washes our sins away, and he does it permanently. Now, in that same verse in Isaiah chapter 43, 25th verse, the second half of that verse says this, and I will not remember your sins. In other words, God has said, I choose not to remember your sins. I choose not to hold your sins against you. I choose to put your sins, your forgiven sins, out of my mind. I'll never bring them up again. And that's how we're supposed to forgive others. God, there are other places in the Bible where it says God has cast our sins into the depths of the sea. That's in Micah chapter 7. In another place, it says that God has cast our sins behind his back. There's another place in the Bible that says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our sins from us. And so there's the permanence of God's forgiveness. And if we have truly forgiven somebody, we won't bring that offense up again. We won't, we won't dig those bones up. And, you know, sometimes I think we get in an argument with somebody and you're arguing over something and maybe you feel like you're losing the argument. And so to strengthen your side of the argument, you go back in history and you bring something up from a year ago or five years ago or 10 years ago or 25 years ago, you bring something up that the other person did wrong that you allegedly forgave them of, and it was so bad, whatever they did, you bring that up because you know if you bring that up, that's kind of like the trump card. That will always be worse than anything that you did. But when we do that, that's not permanent forgiveness. That is that is something uh, quite different. And God would never have us to do that. God doesn't forgive us that way. God, when he forgives, it is permanently removed. It is off the record. He never brings it up again. And then the fourth word to describe God's forgiveness is the word freely. Freely. There's no, uh, there's no, there are no strings attached. There's no, there's no price to pay. There's no payback with God. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God freely forgives us. Now, sometimes when we're talking to someone about forgiveness, they'll say, well, I could never forgive that person because I could never trust them again. Maybe there's been infidelity. Maybe there's been something else really bad. And the person who has been hurt feels like this other person has broken my trust, whether it's a spouse or a friend or whoever in whatever the way. And sometimes the person feels like since the trust has been broken and since I could never trust that person again, I could never forgive them. I could never let it go. And so I think sometimes we get to thinking that forgiveness and trust are the same thing. Now, I know I'm splitting a fine hair, but it is a hair that, that nonetheless needs to be split. Forgiveness has to do with the past. Trust has to do with the present and with the future. Now, 
in order for you, if, if someone has broken trust in a relationship, the only way that trust can ever be rebuilt is if the, if the, if the offender would repent, genuinely repent of that sin. Let's take in a marriage relationship, one of the partners, let's just say the husband, has committed adultery and maybe multiple times, and the wife says, I could never trust him again. Well, the only way she could ever trust him again is if he genuinely repented of, of those sins, and he turned from those sins, and he stopped committing adultery, and he uh, returned to living a life of faithfulness to his wife. And then, over the process of time, the wife was able to see a genuine change in uh, her husband. And so she said, you know what? I don't believe he's ever going to do that again. I trust him. Now, that's a tedious subject, and sometimes trust can be rebuilt, and uh, sometimes it can't in a situation like that. But hopefully it can. I mean, if, if the repentance is genuine uh, by the person who's done the wrong, and then if the offended party forgives and enough time goes by for God to heal, that trust can be rebuilt. But what I guess I'm saying is whether the trust is ever rebuilt or not depends on several factors there. But the forgiveness would need to be extended either way. So even if that wife could never trust her husband again, you know, she said, he's done this so many times, I just can't trust him. Well, that, that may be the case. But she should still forgive him. Why? Because we're commanded to forgive. And that's what God has told us to do. And so we forgive whether or not we can ever trust that other person or not. Forgiveness has to do with the past, and trust has to do with the present and the future. And so what I'm saying is, even if you can't trust somebody, don't let that stop you from forgiving them. Forgive them, and don't hold it against them. Let it go. Release them. And tr- tr- treat trust as a totally separate issue, and don't don't unite that together with forgiveness. Trust has more to do with the other person, with their behavior, with changes they would need to make. It has very little to do with you. It has to do with them. Forgiveness, on the other hand, has everything to do with you making a decision not to hold a grudge, not to be bitter, not to be angry, but to forgive and to let it go and say, I do not hold what you've done in the past against me in any way. Now, as far as going on in this relationship, you know, there's got to be a change. There's got to be repentance. There's got to be a turning, a complete breaking away from all that sin. And if that can happen, maybe trust can be rebuilt. But whether that, whether the trust is rebuilt or not, I forgive you anyway, freely and unconditionally. And then the fifth word that I think describes God's forgiveness of us is the word respectfully. Respectfully. There's an interesting story in the Bible, and many of you are familiar with how on the night before Jesus was crucified, his leading disciple, Simon Peter, denied that he even knew Jesus. On three separate occasions, Peter denied knowing Jesus. And after that third denial, when the rooster crowed and Jesus looked at him, the Bible says Peter wept bitterly and it was, his heart was broken. He had done the thing he thought he would never do. Well, the next day, of course, Jesus was crucified. And then on Sunday was the day of the resurrection. And as you study the gospel accounts, you read that uh, on the night of that resurrection, uh, Jesus appeared to his disciples in the upper room there in Jerusalem. But it's interesting we read in Luke chapter 24 and verse number 34, talking about the post-resurrection appearances to Jesus, it says, 
the Lord, someone said these words, the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. So before Jesus appeared to the disciples as a group, Jesus appeared privately to Simon. Now, why do you think he did that? Well, we don't read anything about the discussion that Jesus had with Simon Peter. In 1 Corinthians 15, we read basically the same thing again that says Jesus appeared to Peter, and he appeared to Peter alone uh, before he appeared to the other disciples. I wonder why Jesus did that. Well, again, we don't have the explanation of that, a record of that conversation in the Bible, but God gave us a brain. I believe what uh, the reason Jesus appeared to Peter privately is because that's when he forgave Simon Peter of his sin of denying him. We know in John chapter 21 that Jesus publicly reinstated Peter into the gospel ministry after he had walked away from it. You know, in front of these other disciples, Jesus gave Peter a second chance and put him back in the ministry. But in John 21, we read nothing about uh, Jesus forgiving Peter of this sin. And, And I believe the reason is because he forgave the sin in private. And I think this is a tremendous insight into the person of Jesus Christ. When he forgives us of our sins, he does it in such a way that he that, that, that we're not further shamed, that we're not further embarrassed. I'm so glad the Bible doesn't say that, you know, Jesus gathered the disciples and gathered several hundred more people and then pulled Simon Peter in front of them all and said, Peter, now do you remember when you denied me three times? And Peter would have said, yes, Lord, I do, and I'm so sorry. And, and see, if he would have done it like that, Peter would have been so embarrassed and so shamed. But when Jesus forgave Peter, he did it privately, he did it respectfully, And he didn't bring any more guilt or shame on Simon Peter. And so when we forgive others, if we're truly forgiving them, if our heart is to let them off the hook and to forgive them for whatever they've done, our desire would be to protect them from any further embarrassment, from any further shame, and to go to them. It may not even be necessary to go to them. Sometimes you do have to go to them or and have a conversation, or maybe they come to you and they're asking for forgiveness, but to let that be done privately. And I would encourage you, don't ever drag another person's name through the mud. Don't ever use another person's sin to make yourself look better or to make the other person look bad, because that, that wouldn't be the way of God. God covers our sins. God forgives our sins, and he does it respectfully. And so those five adverbs, let me just read the adverbs again. These words describe how God forgives us and how we're to forgive others. Immediately, completely, permanently, freely, and respectfully. And when we forgive other people like that, you know what happens? We reflect the love of God We are free of any and all bitterness in our heart. We honor the other person because, after all, that person who has hurt you was made in the image of God just like you were. God loves that person just as much as he loves you. He may not love their behavior. In fact, if it's sinful behavior, he would not love the behavior, but he loves the person. And so when we forgive in this manner, we're honoring the other person. And not only that, we're keeping an open line of communication between us and God. And so... When Jesus said, here's what I want you to pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's what Jesus had in mind. Now today, as you're listening to this message, is there anyone you need to forgive? Is there anybody in your life who has hurt you, 
who has wronged you or your family or just done something you just say, I can't believe they would have done that. And you're holding on to that grudge. I want to encourage you today, forgive them right now. Let it go. In prayer, just say this to God. Say, God, you know what they have done to me. You know how they have hurt me and how they have wronged me. But God, I can't hold on to this bitterness and unforgiveness. Right now, as an act of the will, I choose to release them. I choose to let it go. And God, I ask you to be merciful to them. I ask you to bless them. But God, I release this person into your hands. I forgive them. And I'm forgiving them the same way you have forgiven me. In Jesus' name, amen. And friend, if you've done that, may you experience freedom in your heart today. I would encourage you to visit, visit us this week at peacebybelieving.org. And let us know where you're listening from. You'll find many things that will be a blessing to you there. Thanks and God bless.